nervous last week. You can see me open a letter. <laughs> so thank you all for those texts and for uh, letting us laugh at ourselves. It's good. So, yeah. What else do we have to say? Welcome. I Welcome. think that's about yeah. it. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for joining us in worship. God says, come to me. To all who are living in darkness, God says, come out. To all who hunger and thirst, God rains food from heaven and bubbles up springs from the earth. To all who have too much, God calls to give to those who have too little. Let us worship knowing God will not forgive us. We are written on the palms of God's hands.
Amen. Will you join me in prayer as we confess our sins to the Lord? Holy and merciful God, you are our judge. You know the sins we hide from others, the unkind thoughts, the unspoken words of grace, the refusal to understand and empathize, the denial of mercy, the judgment. You alone know how we harbor jealousies and resentments, hoard resources and hold prejudices, judging others. Forgive us, we pray. We seek your tender mercy, for you love us as a mother loves her little child. Friends, in this time of silence, please confess your hearts to God. Friends, the good news is this, that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Once upon a time, a sower went out to plant some seeds. And she began by spreading some seeds across the rocks. And she waited, and the rains came. And the sun came, but there were no plants that grew in the rocks. And so she went out another day, and she spread some seeds among the thorny and rocky soil. And the rains came, and the sun shined down, and actually a small little plant started to grow, but then it got choked, and it was taken away. Then the sower found good soil, and she took her seeds, she scattered it all over the good soil. And the rains came, 
and the sun kept shining. And pretty soon, there was a tree. I wonder what it means to spread seeds on good soil. I wonder what it means that some of the plants were choked out. I wonder how we plant seeds in our own life, how we water them, how we trust the sun to make them grow. I wonder. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you for seeds. God, I pray that as we go about our lives, we would be scattering seeds on good soil. That, God, you would use us to build your kingdom and to produce your fruit. God, thank you for this time together. Amen.
ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. While they long pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for indescribable gifts. Amen. This is the word of God. Thank you. Would you pray with me? Thank you for your word. As we come to it this morning, we ask that you would still hearts and our minds and help us to come to it fresh. Lord, we know that you are in this place of Christ, we pray. Well, on our commute to church every day, Garrett and I pass an enormous billboard, the Powerball million dollar sum total on it. This billboard always catches my attention, not because I'm a lottery player, but because there's this growing number every week, I don't, or every day, I don't know how often they do these drawings, but every time we pass it, I notice how high the Powerball number is. And at last check, it was 159 or 156 or like that million dollars. And I got to thinking this week, what is it about the lottery that is so appealing? And I think one of the reasons is that it is this rare, rare opportunity where we might invest just a teeny bit and get a huge reward. Right? You can get it for just a few are very slim, but there's a chance that with your teeny tiny investment, you might get a huge reward. They had the drawing for this last power last night, and I haven't checked. I don't know if anyone won. If you did, my email and phone number are found on our website, and you can reach out to me easily. Yeah, a little bit, and getting a lot out is very appealing, especially with money, isn't it? It's rare, and we don't see it very often. Instead, we see Paul points to in verse 6, who sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. We know that that can be true of money, and money can get us in all kinds of trouble and get us sidetracked, can't it? Not even to mention the dangers of gambling. Money be so problematic. Is number one thing people are anxious about. It is often listed as the number one thing that couples argue about. And it is often something that people are so unsatisfied in their own lives that they would wish for more if a genie asked them. You want me to use this one? 
Okay, perfect, thanks. Money is very stressful for a lot of us. And we have the desire to invest just a little bit and to get a lot back, but we realize that that's not how life works. And it's not just with money that that doesn't work either, is it? In all kinds of things, we know that if we invest a lot, we're more likely to get a greater return. As Paul shares this story of sowers, we can picture it even though many of us are not farmers. We can imagine that if someone goes out into a field, a huge field, and just plants one seed, the odds are very low that at harvest time there will be much to reap. But if someone takes the time and the energy and the sweat to go into the field and to search for the good soil and to dig to the right depths and to scatter abundant seeds, then at harvest time, there will be much to gather. And incidentally, a lot of work. We have these wonderful examples of harvest on either side of us today to remind us what that abundance might be like. We know in other areas of life that sowing and reaping are connected. I think of amazing musicians or athletes who we watch their craft and we think they are so talented, but as Dr. Dan pointed out early in this week, it often is much more than talent. It's investment of hours and hours and hours of practice and developing those skills. The best musicians and athletes are the ones that pour so much blood, sweat, and tears into what they do that it's only right that it would come out beautiful at the other end. I saw this most clearly in my own life as a graduate student in seminary when I noticed the difference between classes I would take to pass and classes I would take to learn and grow. Sometimes you get sick of teachers or professors saying at the beginning of the semester, what you put into this class is what you're going to get out of it. But it is so true. There were certain classes I knew I needed just to get the degree, and for those classes I would put in enough work. I would maybe cram before a test just so that I could remember things long enough to regurgitate them. I would choose paper topics based on something that I already knew a little bit about, so I sort of had a head start. I would do most of the reading so that I could sound like I knew what I, talked, what I was talking about in class discussions. But then there were courses that I took because I was eager to learn more about the topic because I wanted to grow and be stretched and to really thrive in that area. And in those classes, I did extra reading. I looked at the bibliography on the syllabus and I went out of my way to find new resources. I chose paper topics not because I sort of knew what they were about already, but because I was so curious and excited to learn more. I invested time and energy 
and the benefits that I received were amazing. We know this to be true in relationships as well, don't we? Friendships, coworkers, partners, the more that we invest, the greater the harvest. In a wide variety of things, we have seen this to be true, and here we see Paul reminding the Corinthians that this is true for them as well. He's asking them in this portion of the letter to so generously to give of their money for the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. And as we mentioned, these Christians had been experiencing famine and had fallen on hard times and were in need of donations from all over the place. So we know that they're being asked to sow their money into this other church in Jerusalem. But I'm wondering, what is it that they will reap from this action? What does the harvest look like for giving money to the church in Jerusalem? It's this sort of faraway church that many of them don't have a direct connection to. These Corinthians might never go to Jerusalem. They might never see what their money has done for the church there. They might not even get a thank you note for donating. So what does the harvest look like? We love to get a high return on investment. And we love, as Pastor Garrett spoke about last week, to know that our gifts are used well. But what happens in a situation like this where we're giving maybe even further away than our own personal benefit? I think this section of Paul's letter calls us to give even beyond our personal preferences. To give our time and energy and our gifts and our money, even in situations where we're not quite sure that the return on investment will be as high as we would like. We're called to give of our time and energy and gifts and our money, even when we won't personally see the benefits or reap them directly. God's economy flips what we are used to upside down. And in God's economy, investment is generous even when returns seem a little slow or not what we had imagined. In God's economy, personal abundances that we can see and feel right here aren't the point. In fact, we say that sacrifice is gain. And somehow, even in the midst of this sacrifice, there is reason to give cheerfully. We know this because we know that God's economy is demonstrated in who God has been from the very beginning. One who creates and leads and loves even when humanity responds with apathy or disobedience. We see that in God's economy through Jesus Christ, grace and forgiveness are offered even to those of us who don't earn it or deserve it. We see that in God's economy, somehow life 
comes out of death. And we have a model to follow. Following the example that God gives us, we are asked to be generous people. And in that economy, we are never left empty-handed. Even when we don't get a personal benefit or a return on investment that is as high as the lottery. So these Corinthians here are sending money far away and Paul tells them there will still be a harvest. In verse 10, he says, the thing that you will reap is a harvest of righteousness. You will reap knowing that you have become a little more like Christ. You will reap knowing that your example of generosity gives everyone watching a better image of who God is. You will reap the benefit of Christian unity being reminded that you are one with the church in Jerusalem, with the church in Macedonia, that there is no such thing as Jew or Gentile, as male or female, as Corinth or Jerusalem, as young or old. We are in a season of stewardship here. A season where we ask one another to consider the gifts and the talents and the time and the money that we have been entrusted by God and to consider how we might give those in our faith community and beyond. And Fort Streeters, there is good soil here. We are in a place where passionate people are abundant, people who are eager to give of themselves and to be a part of something that is bigger than themselves. We are in a place with an incredible building located in a unique place that gives us special opportunities. We are in a place where there is momentum to focus on congregational vitality and dismantling structural racism and eradicating systemic poverty through Matthew 25. We are in a place where people literally knock on our doors every week, sometimes every day, seeking either a warm meal or a place to take a shower or maybe a beautiful holy space to get married. And we can do something about those needs. There is good soil here. Do you know how blessed we are as a congregation? This is a place where when we sow our seeds of time and energy and prayers and money, that God brings great harvest. The Corinthians had a long history of being concerned about money. We hear Paul talking with them about money throughout his letters to them, and and we know that they even had some problems with him because they didn't think he was wealthy enough to be important. Money is one of those things we struggle to talk about, but we share stewardship messages even in uncertain times like pandemic because it's at the core of who we are as followers of Christ. To be 
generous and reflect the generosity of God. To be people who know that our investment is greater than our own personal benefits, but serves the kingdom of God. I have already seen so many of you faithfully planting seeds in this good soil. I see Lynn bringing her gifts of gardening and brightening up flowers in our building as well to bring life and reminder of God's abundance. I see people like Greg and Rob and Tom and Loretta putting in all these extra hours to make sure that the sanctuary is ready for you all and that we have technology that allows people to watch at home, even coming in on a Saturday to help install more technology so that we can do it better and better as we go. I hear about people leaving bequests to our congregation after they have died, saying that they would like to set aside money to give to the ministry of Fort Street. And so many more. You all are passionate and are already sowing these seeds in incredible ways. So in this season of stewardship, what we ask all of us, what we ask for ourselves and what we ask you is, what are those gifts that you have been entrusted? And how might you sow them in good soil? If your involvement in this faith community were a class, would you be taking it to pass or would you be taking it to grow and thrive? Let us all be people who think and act as if God's generosity is just a starting point. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for the seeds that you have entrusted to us. For those talents that we have, for the things that we are interested in, for the gifts that we have, for the prayers that we might offer, for the money in our accounts, for the time that we might share. God, help us to see the good soil around us, to continue to watch out for rocks and thorns, but to dig deep where we know it is good. Lord, bless us in this season of stewardship and in this time. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Good and loving God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the rain, God. We thank you for the wind blowing through the rafters. We thank you for silence, for a moment of peace. God, we thank you for the ability to come here and to worship for moments set aside to learn from you. God, we thank you for the life of Kevin Peterson, for the life of Jason Nance, for the lives of all those who died too soon, O oh God, or under the boot of injustice. God, we continue to lift up our brothers and sisters in faith, Robert Hodge, the family of Jason Nance, all those that we leave unnamed. In this quiet space, we pray to you, Lord God, for all the people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. God, we pray for this community of Detroit, our nation, and the world, for all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. God, we pray for the just and proper use of your creation, for the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. We pray for all who are in danger, who are filled with sorrow or any kind of trouble, for those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. And God, we pray for the peace and unity of the church, for all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek truth, for our elders and leaders, all who serve you in this church. And God, we lift up those unspoken and special needs of this congregation. And now, God, we pray the way your Son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, before we jump into our announcements, I want to say one thing about the sermon. Sarah said there was a difference between the classes she took, you know, pass-fail and the ones she took to learn. And I will say that we took a polity course together, Presbyterian polity, and it was pass-fail, and it has this legendary test at the end. It's like 300 questions, and it's designed so that basically you won't pass it. But the point is, if you do all of your work up to that point, you don't need to pass it. Sarah was like the only person to get an A on that that year because that's a course she took to really learn. And so... Holiday is fun. It is, yeah. great. <laughs> that's one way to put it, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, friends, we are continuing with in-person worship, and um, we're doing so with uh, fear and trembling, as St. Paul might say. And so we want to invite you uh, into worship if you feel comfortable. If you have any reservations at all, we are asking you to stay home and discouraging you from coming. Um, We are taking, I think, a lot of precautions here. Our team does a great job to make sure that everyone's safe and that there is no unnecessary contact or spreading of germs. However, there's always a risk when you come out. And so uh, if you have any reservations at all, please stay home. But uh, we are continuing week to week, and uh, as our session decided, we're calling it practice. And so each week is just a practice round for the next week. We continue to look for volunteers in a few areas for both open door and technological ventures. If this is an area that aligns with your gifts or interests, this is a way to plant some seeds in this fertile soil. So if you're curious even about what that could look like, you're not sure yet, but you know that you might have some time or energy to spare for open door or technological ventures, then reach out to us. We'd love to share some ideas with you and talk about it. You can get more information and sign up on our website or through the email as well. We have our Christmas on Fort Street event coming up on Saturday, December 5th from 12 to 4 p.m. We're still working out the details of what that will look like, but it, it at this point, looks like we're going to have um, some singing out on the front steps of the church um, and maybe some performances that will come along with that. We're going to have some crafts out in the parking lot, and uh, we're actually going to get a lot of live animals coming in, so... Uh, Loretta Stanton has been working on getting some animals to uh, come for a, like a live nativity, but we have we have ducks, we have goats, we have a mini horse, sheep, a mini horse. What else do we have coming? It's like a whole zoo. We've I got like know. a whole zoo coming, which is amazing. <laughs> I thought we'd have like maybe a donkey, but um, we've got a few things coming in. So we'll keep you updated on what that looks like. But mark your calendars, December fifth, uh, from twelve to four, and it will all be outside. One of the ways that we avoid germs here in the sanctuary is to avoid passing a physical plate, but if you have an offering to share today, please note the plate out in the um, entryway. You're welcome to drop your offering there, and if you are at home, or even if you are here, we always have giving opportunities available online, fortstreet.org give. We are having a coffee hour immediately following this service, not for the people attending in person, but via Zoom. So if you're listening online or joining us from Zoom, uh, you can stick around and I'll be in coffee hour. Sarah has a meeting, but if you want to chat, catch up, we will be there. So. And now we would like to invite up Nancy to share a moment for stewardship.
down the aisle and give my resources. I mean to be supportive, to feel good about what I was giving and what it was supporting. So for these last years of, of belonging here and being part of the Fort Street family, I continue to be grateful for Open Door. I continue to be grateful for our, open, our music ministry and for this beautiful sanctuary, which is such a part of our experience. So those are some of the reasons why um, when I found Fort Street, it, was, it became home. And I invite you all to join us and continue to join us in helping us be good stewards, um, building on our, you know, again, this historic building and the historic folks that helped us um, plant in such fertile soil. So thank you for everything that you give um, of your times, time, talent, and treasure because um, we're continuing to look for all three. So I invite you to join us, join me and my family in continuing to support and be good stewards of Fort Street. Thank you, Nancy. Well, Fort Streeters, as you go into the storm, know that God is with you. Know that we are in a place of fertile soil and that we have a generous God. So as we go, may our light so shine and our joy be so obvious that all who see us may come to praise God. Amen. Amen.